This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show coming through your airways at 8am every single morning UK time to keep you up to date with what's been going on in the world of Arsenal transfers. Try and make sense of the chaos and get your thoughts too in the chat box. I hope you're good. I hope you are well this morning and I hope you joined us yesterday evening for our phone-in show which is a really good kind of insight. Something I love to do on the channel is when I've got a point of view about something to get on people that don't have that point of view and try and have a discussion. And we had some excellent people on yesterday uh, of all different uh, people and places and nationalities and genders. And it was great um, to really kind of get uh, the thoughts and feelings of so many of our loyal listeners. One of the things I was speaking to uh, Kunjin, who is one of our guests who came yesterday, who's from Nairobi. And he talked about how he discovered TGT by typing in Arsenal transfers on Spotify. And he listened to it on his bike in the mornings in Nairobi. And that that really does just give you that a genuine sense of pride uh, that it's this this show is going out to so many people and it's great to see that so many people around the world are tuning in so thank you uh, for that and uh, thank you ever so much for tuning in this morning and please do drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on I will now, of course, go through the news. But first things first, please make sure you check out the Arsenal Reviews Pick Your Team game. I saw some of you saying you got up as much as 10 points in last week's game, predicting the lineup that Mikel Arteta would pick against Brentford. And now you need to do this for Chelsea. Pick your team. Guess what Mikel Arteta is going to do? Link is in the description. It's free to play and you could win up to £1,000 should you win the league this season. An amazing chance to win a good prize for absolutely no effort whatsoever bar you predicting a lineup. So please make sure you go and check it out. Without further ado, though, let's check out our first story. And we start with Reese Nelson, who is continuing to be linked with the move to Crystal Palace on loan. I would be surprised to see Nelson in 
the walls of Arsenal by the end of the current summer transfer window as players like Aubameyang and Lacazette you'd imagine would return maybe but we'll talk a bit about them later if not other players being brought in Saka getting back to full fitness Martinelli being used more and more Smith Rowe maybe moving out to a wide area to accommodate an incoming number 10 all of those facts do leave Reese Nelson in a state of difficulty and specifically the fact that he will struggle to get minutes this season and of course with no European football will find it even more tricky so a move does make a lot of sense and Crystal Palace appear to be the team with the most interest in the player they of course lost their first Premier League game against Chelsea didn't offer loads but it is worth considering that they were playing against the European champions but Reese Nelson would certainly hopefully anyway add something to them but the thing is that Arsenal do want to try and agree a new contract with Reese Nelson before he leaves to try and protect his value and that they also want it if he does have a successful loan, mean that he could probably be sold for a greater fee next summer. But Reese Nelson has showed, so far showed reluctance to try and sign that contract. So we will wait and see what happens with Reese Nelson in the coming weeks. And that is the only real kind of out news bar one story we'll come into a bit. But we do go into the ins and specifically Aaron Ramsdale's name has crept up once again in the news regarding Arsenal with even reports that he could look to employ a transfer request towards Sheffield United to force the remove that he is supposedly desperate to try and get this season. Of course, Arsenal have had a number of bids turned down by Sheffield United and the report by The Athletic revealed that they would decide to move away and look at different targets as they were unable to agree on a deal with the Blades. However, there is still news coming out locally from Sheffield that Arsenal were using a tactic to try and convince Sheffield United to regret them not going for that final bid, thinking that they may have lost out on a big chunk of money. Uh, and also you've got the fact that Ramsdale has supposedly wanted to push for this move too. It's one to keep an eye on. It's one that's not going away anytime soon. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this changes. We have a look now at the biggest story, arguably, of yesterday, which, of course, we brought you news during our 8am show that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Alexandre Lacazette were being looked at as uh, kind of sellable assets by Arsenal. The Times reported that Arsenal were willing to sell both of Lacazette and Aubameyang this summer. Very late in the window, but that was the report. And then, as if by magic, we see reports that Barcelona are interested and that a possible swap deal between them and Philippe Coutinho could happen. It took 105 episodes, guys, but we got there. We got our first proper Coutinho link to the Gunners this summer. Is it likely? Is a swap deal between Barcelona and Arsenal between one of Aubameyang or Lacazette for Coutinho, a realistic prospect. I honestly don't know. I honestly can't say either way. This transfer window has been a lesson to us all into what to not expect from a club in terms of where they move for certain players and when they don't move and when they keep some players and let some go. I am utterly dumbfounded by some of the moves that have happened this window and it is not beyond reality that this one could happen either. So I'm not going to sit here and say, no, this is a silly link and it would never happen. But I would encourage you to, of course, as always, as per, take it with a large, large grain of salt effectively. And I don't know how I feel about this. My instinct says, say, okay, let's, let's hypothetically talk about the situation as if it was going to happen. I've sat here on the channel in previous windows and said, I'm just not sure about Coutinho being the right choice. If it was a case of moving on a player, bringing in a striker, and we could also add Coutinho to the squad. I go back and forth because of this whole idea about experience in the squad, that we lack 
kind of those experienced heads. Is Coutinho what you would describe as a key figurehead in a dressing room? I I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would need to do some more research and speak to some more people about what Coutinho is like in a dressing room. I hope that we go and get a number 10 that's not Coutinho so that we've got kind of that young depth. If Coutinho comes in, we'll see how it goes. But I, I am very torn on the idea. I was very opposed to it previously. I am still leaning more towards that side of being opposed to it because of the wages, because of his age, because of the, the injury record associated with him. But I feel like this team is in need of new ideas. And if that comes in the form of Coutinho, then maybe it's worth exploring. But it is one I am very hesitant about, is what I would say. And also, we've got to think about that there could be other players coming in. But one player that will not be coming in is Renato Sanchez, who has suffered yet another big injury. I believe it's an injury to his meniscus, which is set to keep him out for a number of weeks. As I said previously on Renato Sanchez, I was not open to signing him the injury risk is just too high and it has been proven mere weeks into a new season. Now, another interesting link between Antonio Conte and Lataro Martinez with Arsenal is, of course, that as soon as Arteta loses his first game of the season, there are links with him being possibly replaced. Antonio Conte is available. Arsenal have been linked to Lataro Martinez. And because of all those factors, the Italian media have taken the opportunity to link Arsenal with a move back to the Argentinian forward and also to the Italian coach as well. It falls all into place very nicely, like a perfect game of Tetris doesn't it? I would not be expecting this to happen. Um, if Arteta does indeed move on, I'd be shocked if Antonio Conte came in. Whilst I would be delighted to see it, I would be shocked. And I expect it wouldn't happen during the transfer window. So there is also that to consider. A very, very high-reaching link, it's fair to say. On that one. Our final story does indeed focus on the number 10 that Arsenal are most interested in and have been proven clearly, I think, now to be their primary target in the position from the entire window, and that being Martin Odegaard. There is even some links that Arsenal are looked to pursuing a loan deal with an option, which really would be a good bit of business by Arsenal. They wouldn't necessarily have to commit to anything now, but a, a £30 million figure at the end of a loan period, whilst then saving money for this window to be spent on other key positions, whilst also giving yourself the control to turn down the opportunity to sign the player permanently should the deal not work out, I think is a really good option for Arsenal to go down. And if they can indeed get him on a loan with an option to buy, that would be an excellent move, I think, for Arsenal to complete. And certainly one that you wouldn't typically see Arsenal being able to pull off and rather seeing other clubs pull off with their own players. So it'd be a great move if Arsenal managed to get that done. We can focus money on other areas of the pitch before the window closes. But the likelihood of Martin Odegaard joining Arsenal this summer does appear to be increasingly likely. And uh, for me, I'll be very happy with it because I think he's a very good player and I think he's got a lot of potential leadership skills as well. As uh, you'll see a, a video on my timeline on Twitter showing this morning that ability to communicate and to really drag his team forwards. He adds quality, he adds depth, he adds creativity, which we've been lacking. Great passing into the box stats and the final third two and accuracy to boot. I'd like to see it and I would... Um, really, really would welcome this kind of deal. So there you go. Of course, um, uh, as I'm doing this show, David Ornstein likes to tweet. And so I'm just <laughs> uh, extremely frustrated with Arsenal is Hector Bellerin, who wants Arsenal exit. 20-year-old has told Arteta and Edu he would take a pay cut to leave. Things are not working out for him or the club. Inter talks have failed. 
Emerson and Trippier swap ideas, but nothing is close. Well, there you go. So Arsenal are trying to sort out possible swap deals with either Emerson from Barcelona, who, by the way, started on the bench uh, for Barcelona against Real Sociedad, came off the bench for them the other day in their 4-2 win. Yeah, last night, I think it was. Uh, Kieran Trippier, we know Atletico want quite a big fee, so I imagine that would take either money plus a player to get done too. So just as we're doing the show, David Ornstein drops that bomb for us as well. So nice of him to, to do that so we can discuss that live on the show. Thank you, David. Much appreciated. So there you go. There's all of today's news. Make sure you're dropping a like on the video and subscribing if you haven't already. We do move on to your questions, your thoughts, your feelings, your theories. If you have got anything you would like to ask and get some answers for them, please do throw them into the chat box and we will try and get through as many of them as feasibly possible. Social says, uh, Tom, what are the realistic out-outs uh, this window now? Who could surprise you to go? Well, it looks like Hector Bellerin will be one of them. That seems you know, increasingly likely that looks to be one of them, as we've just seen reported by David Ornstein. Um, and then we're looking at the likes of Lucas Torreira, Reese Nelson, Eddie Nketiah, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. All of these guys could leave this window. There is still the chance for all of them to move on. We've seen Joe Willett go, of course, already. I still predicted we would bring three players in. We'll wait and see if that is a realistic and a, a possibility this window. Should I pull this down? So it looks like a little bit of a fuzzy background. There we go. Um, but for me, anyway, I think that Arsenal will see more movement towards the end of the window in the last few days as teams start to really know, not necessarily panic, but just realise that they need to get in certain reinforcements and that Arsenal are a good club to kind of get those players in from. So for me, I think we'll see we'll see those players move on, but it will happen in the final week of the window. Um, Yo-Yo says, uh, do you think Edu has ruined his invincible status? No, because I think you need to learn to separate what happened as a player or what happens as an executive and judge them based on two different scenarios. Uh, what about Calvert-Lewin, says Matic? I'm not sure that Calvert-Lewin uh, is a feasible option during this window at the moment. I, I think he's very settled at Everton. I think it would take a hell of a lot of money to convince Everton to sell. And I'm not sure Arsenal are willing to go to kind of that figure for a striker unless they're able to get a significant amount of money in in the final weeks of the window. Said says, if our uh, sorry, if Erdogan is the one that we bought, should we buy another centre-forward? In my opinion, this is a must. It depends on what happens with Lacazette and Aubameyang. If they're both staying, then you don't buy a centre-forward. If one of them is going to go, you buy a centre-forward. That's as simple as that for me, really. It just depends on either of those two strikers. Yugang says, Tom, which uh, all position do you think Arsenal can still address within this window? I think they can address attacking midfield. I think they can address backup goalkeeper. And depending on how many leave, I think they can address the right-back position. But we'll wait and see. Peter says, Tom, between Laka and Alba, who do you swap and why? Because I would swap Aubameyang to free up funds. I would... Probably agree with you. I would go with Abamyang as well. I would. I think Lacazette much rather suits the kind of system that we're playing under Arteta. I think Abamyang's wages are absolutely ginormous, and there's two years left on them. So getting that off would obviously be a benefit to Arsenal. So I would go for the Gabonese forward over. Uh, Lacazette. GGTV for you says Odegaard loan deal would be a good bit of business for us. Yes, yes, says Tom, do you think Arteta will get sacked if we're 20th and he hasn't scored a single goal after three games? No, I don't. I don't think he's going anywhere. Benji says what about Eduard from Celtic? Uh, it's, a, it's an okay option. I think there are better options out there um, but I'm not sure if that really is 
you know, I don't think that's the striker that's going to take us to the next level, to be honest, if we are going to go and invest in one. So I would be a little bit hesitant on that. Constantine says, we have four right backs. Would you sign one more? Because those four are not Premier League level. It depends on who leaves. If you think, yes, we do have four options in those areas. But you could argue that Chambers is an option at centre-back. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is an option in midfield. And that would leave you with Bellerin and Cedric. Now, Bellerin, if he leaves, then you can bring in a right-back and say you've got your two options at right-back, being, say, an Emerson, say, a Trippier, and then you've got uh, Cedric as the backup option with Chambers, who could also play there, but can also play as a centre-back, and Maitland-Niles, who can be part of that midfield area as well. So I think whilst there are four options there, two of them are very natural. Two of them are certainly players that have the ability to play there, but wouldn't necessarily have that as their key and main Position. Uh, John says, Tom, would Mourinho at his worst be any less attacking than Arteta? He would at least get to one or two players into spaces. Honestly, John, at his absolute worst, of course not, because it's Mourinho is at his worst rather than looking at Arteta his best. So, no, I don't think so, John. I think Mourinho at his worst would be worse uh, than what we've currently got. Jonathan says, who starts at right back and wing back against Chelsea? If you've got the players that we've got right now, I think I'd probably be tempted to choose Cedric and go for a back three. Arguably, you could also choose Maitland-Niles. Whoever's going to be going up against Tino Werner or Mason Mount on that left-hand side is going to have a big job uh, to, to face. I think, for me anyway, that you would choose either Cedric or you would choose Maitland-Niles for more of their mobility. I think Chambers showed that he got turned inside out by Sergi Canos um, a number of times, and on the other side as well, um, and Buemo and Ivan Tony really made a mockery of Chambers at times. So I think that we need someone with a little bit more mobility, a bit more recovery pace, and that would probably suit us a lot better. Uh, Samuel says, how much do you think Tony would cost? Upwards of £40 million, pounds, probably. Um He's not the striker that I'd go for. I'd go for Vlahovic and, you you know, I would go for Elitaro Martinez if you had the choice. Uh, Kofi says, what system is Arteta playing? Does anyone know? Is it any good? It doesn't seem any good right now. It's a system that's used in the wide areas to try and find crosses into the box seems to be the primary source of our attack. That's That seems to be it. I can't really divulge anything more than using the wide areas that's it that's really what it is um yeah Moses says Coutinho is a year older than Thomas again I'm trying to ignore kind of this whole age thing because it's something that you know we talk about age in certain areas you can't ignore it but I'm not going to turn around and say look a 29 year old is too old for Arsenal that's <laughs> a bit silly to say that a 29 year old is too old Thomas Partey is 28 and he's got lots of years ahead of him so it's not it's genuinely not too much of a problem signing a 29-year-old. It really isn't. Uh, Magambo says uh, Arteta is going to get sacked because he wanted Odegaard as a permanent player, but now it's a loan deal, which means he is just a stopgap. It's not necessarily, though, if it's a loan with an option. If it's a loan with an option, then it's a good bit of business with the view to a permanent deal. So I slightly disagree on that one. In fact, I don't slightly. I, I very disagree on that one. Uh, O'Malley says, did Man City pull an Arsenal yesterday? Oh, Yeah. The less said about that game, the better. Lots of possession, lots of chances, none taken, which isn't very Arsenal at the moment, to be honest, because we're not creating too many chances. Savic says, would you say that we have only gone downwards from Urzu and Sanchez? I don't think we've gone upwards, Savic. I don't think we've gone upwards at all. Uh, Melo says, Tavares has to play at right back. It's not a bad option. Uh, he's uh, he's on kind of fighting and improving himself. We need to keep those guys in our starting 11. It's not a bad option. And to be honest, I wasn't critical of the idea of bringing Tavares on um, against Brentford 
for Chambers. It was just kind of the irony that we had three right backs on the bench and we brought on the backup left back. That kind of showed you how poor the options available to us are. And that's that's a real big problem. Um, Melo says, Tom, would you play Tavaj at right back? He seems promising. I think I probably would, but I maybe do it in a 3-4-3 three, uh, three, three system rather than the 4-2-3-1 system. I think he doesn't offer enough defensively. I think he would suit a wing-back role really nicely. Tono says, Tom, do you think Coutinho could become a player similar to Benega at Sevilla? He was a cam then and became a centre-mid later on in his career. Maybe he could perform the Cazorla role. Obviously, Tono, it's speculative. Um, it, it, it's very likely that that could happen. Um, Coutinho has definitely kind of bulked up as a player. I just worry about Coutinho's injury records and the wages. Those two factors are huge things for me. And we would be committing a lot of money again to an ageing player that has declined over the last couple of years. But you never know. It could be a move that works out. I'm not going to write it off as, as easily as I did previously. So that's that's where I sit on the the, the, the whole Coutinho situation. Venkates says, what formation would you like to see against Chelsea and what would be your starting eleven? Look, I think if we have the team that we have right now, I, I really would switch to a 3-4-3. I really would go with the players that we've got available. Leno, right wing back, arguably you'd say Tavares or Maitland-Niles right now. You'd go uh, White, Marie, Tierney. I'd put Saka at left wing. I'd put Xhaka and Lekonga in the middle. I would uh, Saka at left wing back. Uh, and then Emil Smith row on the left, probably Balogun or Martinelli up top. And uh, Pepe on the right, if we don't have a Bamiang or Lacazette. That's probably the formation that I would personally choose. But I don't think we will switch to that back three. But I think that's probably the right decision, especially against... Um, a, a Chelsea side. If you think we did switch to a back three against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge when we won 1-0. So you never know. We may switch to that system again. Um, we'll wait and see if we do indeed end up having that. Mohamed says, how did uh, Hector Bellerin become one of the worst right-back choices? He was one of the best in the league. Granted, he lost pace after his injury, but he still has a lot in his locker. Or is it something else? I think you answered your own question, Mohamed. It's, it's, the injury had a massively damaging effect on Hector Bellerin. And he wasn't really able to recover from that. And that's why we find ourselves in the situation with him. Jaden says, Coutinho or Tolisso? I'd lean more to... I think I'd lean, actually, ironically, more towards Coutinho because Tolisso's injury record is even worse um, than Coutinho. And I, I've read a, a couple of articles and I've spoken to a few people about how they feel about Tolisso. And they say, look, just stay clear of it. It's, not, it's just not worth moving in for. Uh, Coutinho, we'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that one. But I think I'd rather... Him as more of an unknown variable in comparison to Talisa. I think it might be, you never know what you're going to get with him rather than Talisa. You do know you're going to get, and it's going to be an injury. <laughs> um, anyway, apologies, needed that drink. Uh, Yasir says, Tom, do you think we will complete the Erdegaard and backup goalkeeper before Chelsea? I think we might get Erdegaard done but I'm not sure that we'll get the backup goalkeeper done. Uh, John says, with the dire financial situation many clubs around the globe are suffering from, does that increase the likelihood of a shock acquisition? Um, maybe. We have seen like, the likes of Matt Ryan, who came in completely unannounced to Arsenal. Anything can still happen, as we know. So there's all the possibility in the world that we could see. Uh, a surprise acquisition. Who knows? Jasha says Tom isn't... Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, I start... <laughs> he is a Kia player, yes. And I know that makes me a hypocrite. It massively does. 
I just don't see the Kia influence ending, to be honest. Edu is still here. Cedric's not going anywhere. Whilst I would be happy to move it on, I just don't think it as I'm trying to just focus on the players individually rather than looking at the client of, of who their agent is, to be honest. So, yeah. But, yeah, I know that it takes us. Uh, it makes us a little bit hypocritical to say it and bring him in. But it's, you know, I just think it's a factor that is out of our control, uh, quite frankly. And it's a factor that we may just have to live with. I mean, if it means us getting a player that transforms us and changes us, maybe it's worth it. Maybe. And it is only a maybe. That's for sure. Um Arsenal Gunner says, Tom, thoughts on the lazy usual names linked with AFC? Is there no priority list at the club? There is a lot of similar names. I wouldn't say it's necessarily always lazy. I think there is elements of, of laziness in certain aspects. But I think Arsenal have had a kind of a similar list. Like It makes sense that they would be linked to the same players because their list doesn't change too much in the players they've been linked with previously. They remain interested in those players. So it's unsurprising. I wouldn't go into a new window expecting brand new links to brand new players. Players that we've been linked to before. Like, for instance, if we think about Ben White, Arsenal were in, have been interested in for a while. It's only really come to the fore this summer. But there has been, you know, Arsenal have always kind of scouted the guy. Same thing goes for a number of players that we've signed in the past. Thomas Partey, if you think we scouted him for a long, long time. So it's it's things that come up because Arsenal have had them and watched them for a significant amount of time before they decide to make a move. Samuel says, name a shock signing we might make. I can't because it would be a, sh a shock signing, Sam. <laughs> How could I name you a shock signing? Because it would be a shock. <laughs> I can't guess who a random player would be. I could tell you at the start of the window that I thought Bellerin would get linked to Inter Milan, which obviously came true. Um, we've spoken about a number of players like Erdegaard being linked. James Madison was obviously one that I think was quite predictable to see as a number 10 at a team like Leicester that are open to selling their players if the right amount of money comes in. That was quite guessable in terms of kind of a target. So... I can't sit here and tell you now with just weeks of the window remaining, but maybe we'll play this game again in next summer and we'll try and guess what players are going to get linked with what teams. Uh, Mick says, uh, just wondering, Tom, have the Cronkies actually been in touch during all of this shambles? Heard nothing from them. No, Mick, I have heard nothing myself. And when you hear that Josh Cronkey wants to have more conversations, wants to talk more with fans, wants to have that communication, and yet we hear nothing I don't know what you say. I really don't know what you say. It's, it's frankly, it's embarrassing to be honest. Uh, let's go. Say, Henna, uh, Kenna, sorry, says Tom. Why do you think Sky Sports news pundits hate Arsenal so much? Look, I thought that the commentary against Brentford was very biased, and I know that might come across as a little bit like bad loserish. And if it does, whatever. At the end of the day, I did think it was very skewed towards the Brentford team. Uh, I thought the the fact that they went in on an analysis of Ben White in particular and about how how vulnerable he might be that that you know that caught the hairs on the back of my neck a little bit um you don't really necessarily see that for every player that gets goes to other teams especially of kind of a similar kind of mold and height and stuff you don't see that kind of thing he's an english young english player that's moved to arsenal you would think if anything that would give him credit and that would make people want to talk about him more positively but no, it's just it's just not what happens. It's just not what happens in the world of Arsenal, to be honest. Um, Bungie, uh, Bungle says uh, the AST can't even get Cronky to speak. How can the larger fan base? Your guess is as good as mine. Um, we are going to wrap things up there. Thank you ever so much, guys, for tuning in. Appreciate your time, as always. You can make sure you check out our show last night. I'm going to be joining the guys over at the Arsenal Lounge 
uh, with Fev and with Shaheen and Mo this evening around six o'clock. So check us out there. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you as always. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel if you're new. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.